Welcome to Illicit Liaisons, where each week we talk about the good, the bad, and the naughty of romance fiction. I am Jenna Hart, your host. I am an avid romance reader. I also write romance and I ghostwrite romance. And I'm also the owner of swoonworthyhea.com, an online community for people like me who are hopeless romantics that want to talk with other people about all the great romances they are reading and writing. You can join for free at swoonworthyhea.com. You get a free book journal when you join. We have monthly giveaways this month, December 2020. Our giveaway is a Kindle Fire along with six months of Kindle Unlimited. And you earn points simply by being a member of Swoonworthy HEA and everything you do there on the site earns you additional points. The more points you have, the greater chance you have to win. So visit SwoonworthyHEA.com and join free today. I would love to be able to connect with you and talk to you about some of your favorite romance fiction. I do want to give out a quick reminder because we are days away from Christmas. If you're looking for gifts to give the book lover or the romance book lover in your life, last week's podcast had a lot of great ideas. Maybe you need to add ideas to your wish list. You might find things there that you like. I know for me, when I do holiday shopping, I almost always end up buying something for myself. So maybe you just want to go check it out and find cool stuff for you. You can check out that podcast either by looking through your podcast feed to see last week's podcast or visit swoonworthyhea.com. Click on the illicit liaison tab at the top and find last week's episode on great holiday gifts for romance book readers, and you will see a ton of really cool ideas there. So let's go ahead and get started with this week's show because I have a lot to cover but I don't want to be yammering at you for too long. I know there's only so long you want to sit and listen to me. But as I was preparing for 2021, which I'm hoping is going to be a way better year than 2020 for all sorts of reasons, not only the pandemic, but I am planning the growth of swoonworthyhea.com. I'm planning for this podcast. I have other things that I'm looking to add to my business lineup. And as I was doing that and thinking about some of the perks and features that are offered over at Swoonworthy HEA, one of them that we offer is the ability to have a blog. So if you wanted to start a book blog or a fan blog of your favorite author or your favorite series of books, you could do that there. If you were an author, you could start your own author blog there. But then I began to wonder, people might be interested in starting a book blog or uh, some sort of blog related to romance fiction, but maybe they didn't know how. So this week, I thought I would talk about starting a book blog, particularly why you might want to, the overview of how to do it, and then some additional ideas on actually how to generate some extra income from it. So first of all, why would you want to start a book blog? Well, maybe you're like me and you like to talk about books and you like to connect with other people who like books, 
or to connect with authors who are writing the books that you like. And a book blog is a really great way to do that. Second, it's a great way to get free books. If your book budget is bust, if someone in your family is saying you spend too much on books or the bookshelves are too full, you might be able to get free books. In fact, there's a lot of ways to get free books. And I did a podcast on that just a couple of weeks ago on different ways that you can get free books. But if you have a book blog, many publishers and authors will seek you out. I've in the past had books just show up in the mail. Like they didn't even ask, they just sent it, which was kind of cool. Today we have more eBooks. So now I'm more likely to get an email asking me if I want to review a book. But again, it's a really great way to have people giving you books instead of you spending a fortune on them. Another thing is, is when we're not in a pandemic, you could get invited to author and reader events, things like book festivals or writer events. I know a couple that I've been to in the last couple of years, they actually have like this cocktail hour where all the bloggers show up so all of us authors can go and talk to them and get to know them and hopefully pitch them on featuring our book or reviewing our book. And finally, you could make some money at this. Now, I'm not going to say that you're going to replace your regular income, although I suppose that's a possibility. But if you can make some extra money doing something you love, reading books and talking about them, why not? And this is a way that you can do that. So I'm going to go ahead and give you an overview on how to start a book blog. But again, it's going to just be an overview. So some things I'm going to go through quickly And you're probably not going to have the details that you feel like you need to have. But I will have more information in the show notes for this episode over at swoonworthyhea.com. You just click on the illicit liaison tab at the top of the page and you will be taken to our podcast page there and you can find this show and I will have more information and links to resources. And I will also go ahead and include for you a free checklist on how to start your own book blog to get free books, and maybe even to make some extra money. So here are the steps on how to start a book blog. The first one is to pick the topic that you're going to be covering. Because you're listening to this show, I'm going to assume that you like reading romance, but maybe you like reading other things as well. So you might decide you'd rather start a blog on fantasy fiction or mystery fiction. I I also like to read a lot of mystery. But instead of having the top level genre that you're going to do your book blog about, I would encourage you to pick a sub talk within that, a subgenre, if you will. So if you wanted to do a book blog on romance fiction, perhaps narrowed it down to the subgenre that you like the most. You know, if you love reading about vampires and werewolf and shapeshifters, a paranormal romance book blog might be best. Along with choosing a subgenre, you can also focus on other types of books within your genre. So for example, maybe you're going to focus on young adult romance, or maybe you're going to focus on new adult or the spicier romances. You could even if you wanted to target specific types of tropes, for example, the billionaire or maybe first responders. The only thing you want to be careful about if you decide to choose a trope is making sure that there's enough books 
and enough people reading those books, interested in those books for you to have regular content to add to your blog and to have enough readers to come to it. So for example, I love Second Chance at Love. I know there's a lot of books out there. I know that there's a lot of people who like it, but I'm not so sure that starting a blog specifically only on Second Chance at Love would would be enough. But of course, a billionaire, there's a bazillion billionaire books out there, or first responder books, you know, firemen and policemen and things like that. You could even incorporate the military in there, maybe. Those markets would probably be bigger, and certainly there's plenty of books in there. So again, what I'm saying is to niche your topic a little bit, because you're going to have an easier time reading your market and attracting them to your blog if you do that. General topics tend to have a more difficult time generating an audience to come and visit them, which I know doesn't make sense because you think if I have a wider topic, I have a wider range of market. But if you think about the way you search for information and things on the internet, you probably zero in, you probably use multiple words in the search engine so that you can kind of laser in on exactly what you're looking for. Same is true for other people who are searching for things to read or reviews on books, they're going to also be laser focused. So if you have a book blog that is laser focused, they're going to have a better chance of finding you. Number two, you're going to want to choose a name for your blog, and it doesn't hurt to make sure that the domain name for your blog name is available. So you'd want to go to a place that sells domain names. I use GoDaddy, but there's plenty of others where you can buy a domain name. I would recommend using a .com just because if you use something else, .info or whatever, people might forget and .com is so automatic that they might type your domain in .com and all of a sudden they're at somebody else's website. So if you can, get a .com. Make your domain name or your blog name something related to what you're going to be covering on the site. Just be careful that you don't make it so narrow that you can't expand your topic or what your blog is doing down the line a little bit. The third thing that you need to do is decide on the focus and features of your blog. Now, the obvious thing for your blog is to do book reviews, but book reviews are not the only thing that you can do on your blog. Matter of fact, when I was thinking of doing illicit liaisons, one of the things that I did was expand the number of podcasts I was listening to related to romance. But what I found is most of them were really heavy on review and not much of anything else. And I knew for me on illicit liaisons, I wanted to be talking about romance fiction in in general. So not just reviews, but just talking about books and books I liked or maybe books I didn't like. I was really missing going out in the world and going to book events and talking to other people about books. And this is this podcast is my answer to that, to be able to talk to you about books. So you might want to have other things besides reviews. I know when I go to other blogs, I do like to see other things besides reviews. So what else can you do? Well, you can have recommendations, you can have book lists, you could have discussions, you can have author interviews. And in fact, one of the things that I'll include for you 
in the download is some some other ideas that you can add to your blog. And you can have it focused on just one thing, or you can have several different types of features that you're going to cover. You don't have to do it all. You don't want to overwhelm yourself. But to have a couple of things that you do so that if someone's looking for a review, maybe they're going to find that through your site. But maybe if they're interested in learning more about an author and you have an author interview or an article about them or something like that, you can have that as well. You can have giveaways. You can also participate in blog tours. All of that is really cool stuff, but you need to make a decision about what types of things you're going to have on a regular basis on your blog. Number four, you need to decide where you're going to host your blog. Where are people going to be able to go online to find your blog? And you have many options. Now, if you were to research on how to start a blog, all the blog gurus out there are going to tell you to buy a domain to buy hosting and have WordPress self-hosted installed on that. It gives you maximum control over the look of what you're doing. You can customize what you're doing. You can have all sorts of really cool bells and whistles. And I agree that that is really an ideal way to go. All my websites are built on WordPress self-hosted. So I have a domain name, I have hosting, and I have WordPress on that. But maybe you're not sure that you want to spend the time and money, and it's not a lot of money, but there is time and money to set that up. Maybe you're thinking this book blog thing sounds kind of fun, but I don't know how far I want to get into the weeds on it yet. Maybe you just want to dip your toe in, in which case there are free options for you to start your blog. And there's many of them out there. I'm just right now going to mention two. And one of them, of course, is Blogger, which is owned by Google. And you can set up a free blog over there for free. They do have some cool features and integrations that you can add to make your blog interesting. There are many book bloggers who use Blogger as their blogging platform. I would also like to throw out swoonworthyhea.com as a place where you can also start your book blog. Now, right now, the way we have it set up is you can blog as a connection to your profile. So you right there, you can just sign up for free and you have the option to blog. You can also have videos if you wanted to include video blogs or, or slideshows and things like that. So we've, we've really made it easy for you to talk about the books that you enjoy. I will say that right now I'm talking with my technical people about expanding the features and your ability to create something that looks more customized to you and what you want to do still through the Swoonworthy HEA community. Uh, and so if you visit the blog to get that free checklist and to see the other resources that I share there with you, I will have some information where you can keep up to date on uh, how that is coming, how that expansion is coming. And again, what it will allow you to do is have a few more bells and whistles and a little bit more customization, but you'll still be a part of the Swoonworthy HEA community. And the advantage to that, if you are a romance book blogger or wanting to blog about something related to fiction, 
romance is that this is a community of people who read or write fiction romance. So why not go to the source of the people who are going to want to read what you have to read, or they're going to ask you in the case of an author to read their book or to feature them on your blog. So it it sort of solves two problems at once in that it gives you a free opportunity to blog, but you're able to do it in front of the people that you want to read your blog. Number four, once you've made the decision about where you're going to have your blog, you then need to set up your website. And that just means going and if you're going to go the whole WordPress self-hosted, that's buying the domain, getting the hosted, installing WordPress, which is really easy. All the hosts have it. It's just a couple of clicks and it's on your site. If it's Blogger or Swoonworthy HEA, you just need to sign up, give your name and email, and pretty much you're done. Once you have that set up, you do need to add a few pages. You should have an about page that talks a little bit about your blog and what you're going to be covering. You should also have a page that talks about your privacy policy, any sort of disclaimers and terms and conditions. That is kind of a big topic that I'm not going to go in depth here, but I will have some information in the show notes about that. I don't want that to scare you off from starting a blog. It is important to have, but it's also pretty easy to find templates or to set those things up so that uh, they're on your website. The other thing is, is if you're going to do any sorts of review, whether you're going to be a review site and that's it, or reviews are just going to be a part of what you do, And if you're going to accept requests from authors and publishers to do reviews, you do want to have some sort of policy on your site about what it is that you will review and kind of how it works. So uh, you'll also want a page where it tells people what you read. And you might also include what you don't read. So for example, if you're someone who doesn't read something that is taboo or has extreme violence or something like that, you want to let them know up front what you don't read. It makes it easier for you to say, no, I don't read that. For example, if you're starting a sweet romance blog, there's still going to be somebody out there that's got spicy stuff that they'll probably try to send to you. So be clear, you know, you don't want what you don't want in there. You don't want any sexy bits. Maybe you don't even want kissing. So be clear what you don't want. Also, let them know what you're going to write in terms of the review. Is the review going to be just their book alone on a single post or do you combine them? So do you have a post that maybe has two or three reviews at a time? Um, is there anything else included with the review? So for example, uh, do you accept an excerpt? Do you accept an interview with the author or do you just read the book and leave a review? You also want to let them know if there's any sort of review rating system. So it would be similar to the star system at Amazon. So do you use that for reviews? And you might, if you are a person that reads a variety of heat levels, do you have some sort of rating for how the book would be in terms of the heat level? You know, four fires is pretty spicy and two fires is hardly spicy at all type of thing. So if you have any sorts of ratings, be sure to let them know that. Also, you know, you may get books that you find difficult to read just because they're poorly written or they're boring or something. You might want to have a disclaimer 
in your review policy that says you have the right to not read a book if you don't want to. And that way, you're not forced to read and review a book that you don't like. Now, maybe you're going to go ahead and write a review about a book you don't like, and that review doesn't turn out the way somebody likes. So you also want to have something on your site that your reviews are based on your opinion and are, you know, honest to how you feel about the book. And it could be a bad one. They they need to accept the fact that by asking you to read it, you're going to read and review it per your critique. And it could be negative and, and that's just the way it is. The other thing is you're going to want to get from them information about the book. So who's the publisher when it came out, a cover to include in there. You also want to have something on your site on how they can get a hold of you to submit their book for review. So you might have a form they fill out on your site, or maybe they just email you and you have a list of things that they need to email you in order to have their book considered. And the final thing is you need to let them know how you accept the books. What do you read? Now, these days with ebooks, almost everyone, including publishers, are going to distribute their review copies as an ebook. So you should have an e-reader. That could be a Kindle, it could be a Nook, it could be Kobo, could be just a tablet that has one of the apps on it. But you want to let people know your preferred way. So if you are a Kindle person, you need to let them know that you want a Mobi file Kindle. If you have something else, you can take an EPUB. If you're willing to take a PDF, you can do that as well. And finally, um, and I know I said I'm finally before, but this really is the finally, let them know about the time they could expect to have a review. And if you're booking way out in advance, be sure to let them know that as well. Some authors might say their book's coming out in six weeks, and you may not be able to accommodate that. And you just need to tell them that you can say, sorry, eight weeks is the soonest I can do it. So let them know what is the time frame for being reviewed and how they will know that it's posted. Sometimes I've had reviewers will will send me the link before it's posted saying this is when it's going to go live. Other times they send me the link once it is posted so that I can check it out and share it with my people. Let's now go on to how do you find books to review? So you have your website, you have your name, what you're going to cover, it's all set up. And now you need to find books to review. To get free books from authors and publishers, generally, you need to have a platform and show that you are a serious person about doing book reviews. In this case, having a blog shows that. Other things that can show that are having a profile on things like Goodreads, having had Amazon reviews that you've done. If you are a book Instagrammer or you do booktubing, if you have a Facebook page and all of it is related to reviews, those are other ways you can kind of build your book blogging platform. But when you're brand new and you don't have the ability to tell them, hey, I've got this big audience yet. There are other ways to get free books until you are able to attract the authors and publishers to send their books to you. First is just to go through your current to be read list. If you're like me, you have a stack of books that need to be read. Why not start with those? In fact, you can uh, feed your blog by up 
uploading four or five reviews or articles or content about books you have just finished already. So you have four or five articles on your blog to start with, and then you can go on and read the next book that you're either going to review or write an article about or whatever it is you've decided you're going to feature on your website. The next thing you can do to get free books is to check out Kindles, check out Amazon and their list of their top free Kindle books, unless you want to read the bottom, (laughs) the bottom, you know, 97 through 100. You could do that well. You, You could have a post review of, you know, books 97 through 100 on the Amazon top 100 list. But if you're looking at doing a review and you want to read a good book, uh, ones that rank higher tend to be books that are selling and books that are selling are thought to be pretty good. So you could go with the top uh, free Kindle books. You can also search by new release so that you can get the brand new books and, and be relevant. So people who are buying the books and before they do, they want to read a review or, or something about it. Is it recommended? If you get the new releases that are free, and if they're doing a search on that book, hopefully they would find your blog and be able to read it. Many, especially indie authors, do have their books free initially on release, or they're free through Kindle Unlimited. Now, Kindle Unlimited isn't free to you. You pay $9.99 a month for it. But with that service, you can download and read as many books as humanly possible. Now, you can only have 10 books at a time downloaded, but when you finished one, you could upload it and then download the next one. So if you're an avid reader, if you are wanting to go through a ton of books on your book blog, that might be a really great investment. And again, if your book blog is going to be making a few bucks, or maybe you're even going to turn it into a business, There are tax deductions for hobbies that earn some income or businesses, and I'm not a tax expert, so I'm going to tell you to talk to one before you listen to me. But again, there are uh, hobby and business tax deductions that you could take and the investment in Kindle Unlimited, if it was part of your ability to do your blog, could possibly be one of those deductions. Another thing that you can do to get free ebooks is to go to the advanced review copy sites. These are called ARCs. And these are sites like NetGalley and Edelweiss, which again, I'll have links to on uh, the show notes for this show. Or to go to a place like Booksprout, which is what a lot of indie authors use to get reviews for their books. And the difference between the books that you're getting uh, this way is you're going out and you're selecting, this looks interesting, I want to read this book. And the same is true on the ARC sites, that they will have a bunch of books and you will be able to go and pick the ones that you want to read. However, there is an absolute expectation that you will leave a review primarily on Amazon, but also maybe some other places like Goodreads or BookBub, And so if you think you're not going to like the book, or if you aren't sure if you're going to leave a review, I wouldn't necessarily use these sites 
to get an arc. It's really disheartening for an author to have 100 books go out for an advanced review and maybe only 20 or 30 reviews come in. And it is a very real thing. There are tons of people who accept a free advanced review copy. And by advanced review, a lot of times the book is not out yet. And then like, don't read it and don't review it. And I'm of the opinion of if someone is specifically giving you an advanced review copy with the explicit understanding that you're going to read it and leave a review, that you should read it and leave a review. And I know you're thinking, well, of course I would because I'm doing a book blog and I should do that. But you know, life gets busy, you have a stack of other books, there's all sorts of other things that could be going on. So I'm just saying, of of all the other resources where you could get a book, if you're going to get an advanced review copy, I would prioritize that as something that needed to be done. Generally, they give you two to three weeks to read it and do your review. So it's not like it, it is an immediate thing, you have time, but I would make the commitment that you would get that done. The other thing that you can do is sign up with blog tour companies. And these are companies that set up blog tours for authors. The best way to explain how this happens is to say an author would would hire them to maybe do a two-week blog tour for them. So the blog tour company goes and sets up 14 different blogs and the tour is each different day that blog is going to post something of that author. And it could be a variety of things. Most blog tours are going to post something just about this book is coming out. It might have an author interview, or it might have the blurb of the book or an excerpt of the book. Some of them also do include reviews. So if you sign up with a blog tour company, you want to let them know these are the things that you are willing to do to help these authors out. And you may have some ideas of your own. Like maybe you'd be willing to run a contest or maybe do a Zoom interview with them or something like that. And then what happens is when the tour company gets an author, they would reach out to you and say, you know, we have this tour during these weeks. Uh, Would you be able to do something? And, And then you would just have one day where you would have that author's information on the page. The author would promote, this is where I am today. The tour company generally promotes, this is where they are today. So it does get extra attention over to your blog, as well as you having content that you really actually don't have to create because generally the blog tour company is going to send you what you need. I mean, if you were doing a review, obviously you'd have to read it and do your review. But if you were just going to post an interview or an excerpt, generally the blog tour company is going to send that to you. So all you have to do is copy and paste it into your blog. I do want to talk real quick about writing reviews because to have your book blog be something that people are going to come to regularly to trust for reviews on books, you need to provide reviews that are helpful to them. And if you've ever read reviews on Amazon, you've probably seen that some of them are not at all helpful. They either regurgitate what happens in the book, which you can already learn from the blurb of the book, or they'll just say something like, I liked it, but that isn't really helpful to you. Reviews are helpful when they 
provide information about the book, about things that you might have liked or didn't like. And then the person reading the review is able to make a determination about whether or not they are like you and they like those sorts of things or don't like those sorts of things so that then they can make the decision about buying a book. So when you write a review or you're writing anything about a book that you get for free, be sure to have a disclosure at the beginning that says that you did get the book for free in exchange for a review or talking about the book. Also, if you're going to use what's called an affiliate link, and I will talk more about that when we talk about how to make money, but it's basically a link where if someone buys the book through your link, you make a little bit of money. If you're going to use one of those, you want to have a disclosure about that at the top of the post as well. Over at Swoonworthy HEA, just about every page at the top of it, um, at least all my blog pages at the top of it, there is a affiliate disclaimer. It, it automatically shows up on all of them. I set that up because I didn't want to have to keep adding it individually. And that is something that you could do on your blog as well. Now, once you have that out of the way, you have to decide how, what is your review format? And I'm going to share with you mine. Mine is uh, either I talk about why I selected the book. So if someone didn't send it to me uh, and I've actually just picked it and read it on my own, I would talk about why I selected that particular book, what appealed to me about the cover or about the blurb that I read it. Then I'm going to add just a little bit about what the book is about. Finally, I'm going to talk about what it is I liked about the book. And even if I overall didn't love the book, maybe even if I hated the book, I try to find something positive to say about the book. And then after I've said something that I like about the book or good about the book, then I'm going to go through and share the points of things that I didn't like about the book. And it's very rare that I read a book that there isn't something that could have gone a little bit better. Even my favorite books this year, uh, which um, The Hating Game, for example, has probably been my favorite book this year that I've read. And I will be doing a post um, at the end of the year on my favorite books of the year. But there is, there's a couple parts of that book that I thought uh, could have been done better. So even though it's still my favorite book, there, there were areas where I might have liked to see it have gone a little bit differently. The same with Beach Read. I really loved that book as well. But there was one part where I just thought it could have been different. It didn't make sense to me. Uh, so if there's something like that, you want to share that as well. Now, when you're talking about negative aspects of a book, I do encourage you to be professional, be polite, come at it like you are an expert <laughs> and providing a critique. So you don't want to be rude and you don't want to be mean and demeaning. Now, I suppose there would be a place for a Simon Cowell or Gordon Ramsay in the book review world, but writing a book and then putting it out in the world is a really difficult thing. And I just don't think it's right to be mean and rude to authors. So my take on it is that this is just a critique on what I I think about the book. So it's delivered in a way that doesn't have any judgment. 
And if I do have some sort of personal bias or personal belief or something that is kind of mucking it up, I will say that as well. You know, sort of the, it just might be me, but I don't like such and such. For example, if a book uses the word giggle or chuckle a lot, you might know from the pet peeves show that I don't like those words. So I might call those out, but I would also point out that it could just be me. The matter of fact, I find that most people don't seem to have any problem with giggle and chuckle. <laughs> so I know it's just me. So again, if you're going to be negative, if you're going to give a bad review, even try to do it in a way that isn't mean or obnoxious. And, and just remember that when you're giving this review, it really isn't for the author, although the author's going to want to read it, but it's really for a reader who's considering the book. And so what you're trying to to do is deliver information to them that helps them decide, yes, I want to read this book or no, I don't want to read this book. And I've chosen to read plenty of books that might have had a bad review, but the things the people were saying about it were things I didn't care about. And the opposite has happened as well. I have gotten a book that had wonderful reviews and wondered why. And I went in and gave a review that wasn't so wonderful and explained, you know, why I didn't think it was that wonderful. The other thing you want to give in your review obviously is information about the book, where it can be bought, maybe a cover, covers are always nice, and a link to the book. You can include graphics in your post that makes it easy for people to share your articles out to other people. So you could have a pinned picture. You also might want to create Instagram or Facebook type photos so that you can share it out as well. Really, what you want to think about is how is what you're saying about this book going to help another reader make the decision whether or not they want to read it as well. So it needs to be something valuable to the people who are reading your blog and not so much all about you or even all about the author that sent it to you. All right, so real generally, talking about running your book blog if it's just going to be a hobby, something you, that you're tapping your toe into, you know, you, you can run it any way you want to. You can post willy-nilly whenever you happen to finish a book or whenever you happen to feel like it. But if this is something where you feel like, yes, I want to get free books. Yes, I would like to make a little bit of mad money. You're going to have to be much more systematic about running it. So you're going to have to have content going up on a regular basis, at least once a week, if not twice. You probably should have one or two social media accounts where you're also sharing information about what is going up on your blog. I find it really helpful to do two things when running a blog. One is to have an idea of the days and types of things I'm going to post. So for example, it's when we're the HEA right now, every Friday, I have a post about the top free books that are available to read in the romance uh, over at Amazon. That's every Friday. I don't have to think about it. I know it has to be done. So you could create a schedule like that. So maybe every Tuesday, which are when new releases generally come out, maybe every Tuesday, that's when you have a book review day or maybe a release party day for authors who are having a release and they come to you for that. So if you set up, okay, what days of the week are you going to post something and what's it going to be? It makes it very easy for you to schedule 
what you need to be doing each week to make it happen on those days. The other thing you need to do is once you know, I'm going to post Tuesdays and Fridays, and this is what I'm posting, is to develop a schedule in advance so that you know exactly what is going up on those days. So for example, I know at the end of this month, I want to do a show on my favorite books this year. So that's in my content calendar. So now let's finish up with how to make money in your book blog. There's many ways to do that. You can charge for reviews, although you're not probably going to have that happen until you have a significant amount of readership. So you would have to show that you have a lot of traffic coming into your website to make it worth an author or publisher's while to pay you to review their book. Because blogs are all about content, I would encourage you to do reviews for free, at least initially. You know, if you become really popular and you're overwhelmed, the demand might allow you to start charging down the road. But again, because it's a form of content and you're just starting out, you might offer them for free. But still, even if you do that for free, you do have other options for monetizing your blog. Now, let me preface this by saying that all the ways that I'm going to give you to make money for your blog require that people are coming to your blog to read it. So just having the ability to make money on your blog doesn't mean that it will make money. That along with adding content to your blog, you have to get readers to it. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. There's not enough time to talk about marketing, but you know, you can set things up so the search engines can find your blog. You can use social media to let people know about your blog. I would highly recommend starting an email list. Uh, Too many bloggers wait too long to start their email list. I would recommend doing it right off the bat. And these are all great ways to not only have readers come read your blog, but to keep them coming back, to let them know, hey, new content's up so they know to come back to read it. But once you have figured out how you're going to get your readers and you have readers coming in, these are ways that you can make money. One is through affiliate products. And we've already talked about how you can have what's called an affiliate link, where if somebody buys the book you're talking about through that link, you can make a little bit of money. So you go over to Amazon, you sign up for their associates account. And then each time you are reviewing a book or recommending a book or creating a book list or whatever, through the associates account, you get a link to that book and you use that link in your blog post, then again, when people buy the book, you're going to make a few bucks. It is very difficult to make any significant amount of income through books on Amazon. Uh, The commission rate just isn't that high and books just don't cost enough. And I know you're laughing because if you're like me, you spend a fortune on books, but compared to other products out there, books just are a lot to generate significant amounts of income like you hear from bloggers who blog on other topics. But books aren't the only thing that you can promote as an affiliate product on your book blog. Book readers like other things that are related to books. If you, again, go to the podcast I did on great gifts for book lovers, you will see there's a variety of different things. There are book clubs, uh, there are pillows, there are things to hold books so they're easier to read. Uh, There's t-shirts, there's clothing and other accessories related to authors or books or quotes or quotes about books. 
Uh, so there's a lot of different things that you can include on your site as affiliate products. What I would tell you, though, is to make sure that all of them are related to your blog topic. So they should be related to books or romance or fantasy if you're doing fantasy romance. If you've decided, now nah, I'm going to not do romance, I'm going to do a mystery blog. Maybe you're going to do a cozy mystery blog. So maybe you're going to have tea and teacups or something like that. So it should, your product should be related. It shouldn't be unrelated. You don't want to sell tires on your book blog. The other thing you can do that is free and easy to add to your site is to join ad networks. The Google's AdSense is, is really easy to sign up and join. And then you decide the size and type of ad you want to run and you just paste the code wherever you want it on the page of your blog post. It's, there's no vetting for that, but you do want to make sure that you read and understand the terms and conditions because if you break the rules of Google, they will kick you out and, and they generally aren't very nice about letting you back in. I, I don't know that I've heard anybody allowed back into the AdSense program if they broke the rules. Probably the most important rules are don't click on your own ads to make money and don't tell people to click on your ads to uh, make you money. But there's others as well, so you want to be very clear when you read them. There are other ad networks to consider. MediaNet is one. MediaVine is another. Now, some of them you can just sign up and start using right away. Other ad networks are going to want you to have reached a certain level of traffic coming into your account, and each of them is going to tell you what is required. The other thing that you can do is create your own ad sales. So there's lots of space on your website that you could sell. So you could have a what we call sidebar. So it's, you've probably been to websites where you see graphical ads running along uh, the side of the content. Well, you could sell that space to an author or a publisher or somebody who sells items that readers of your books would like. You can basically set up uh, a way where they can buy the ad directly from you and put it into, you just uh, get the code and everything and put it into the site just like you would an affiliate product or an ad network. And they can pay you. It's really easy to sign up for something like PayPal or Stripe. You can take payments. The other thing you can do is create your own type of product geared towards your reader. So maybe you can create a book journal related to the types of content that you are putting on your site, or instead of maybe a product, a service. When your readership grows, you could sell review. Um, I might, again, keep reviews free, but you might sell other types of services. For example, you might offer to beta read a book, or you might offer a featured spot for an author to take up. So there's a lot of different things that you can do to make money through your blog. Another option that might be fun to consider is setting up virtual events, and maybe authors would pay you to be part of the event, and then your readers can come and listen to that author, or you can have a couple of authors participate. Or you can do the reverse. Maybe the author doesn't pay you, they are allowed to participate for free, but your readers maybe pay to come and attend the event. So there's, there is a lot of different things that you can do more than I can go through here on this podcast. 
But I just wanted to give you an overview about how fun and interesting starting a book blog could be, how pretty easy it is, some of the perks that you can get out of it, including the ability to make some mad money to pay for all those books that you want to read. Now, again, for more information, please visit swoonworthyha.com. Click on the illicit liaison tab at the top of the page and you will be able to find this show. And in the show notes, I'm going to have more resources and information for you. So if this sounds intriguing to you, you can follow up on it and look at getting started. I will also provide you with a checklist that you can use to help you work through setting up your own book blog. And if you are thinking of doing it, and you are thinking of having it in the romance realm, I hope that you will consider joining swoonworthyhea.com to get started. Like I said, right now, I'm looking at adding some more great features for people who want a book blog through Swoonworthy HEA so that you can have lots of cool things that you can do, a little bit more control over uh, what it is that you're doing and how your site looks. But again, you're going to have access to the Swoonworthy HEA community, which are all people who love to read romance or who are writing romance. I will have information about that over in the show notes as well. So that's it for this week's show. Thank you so much for listening in. I really do enjoy uh, doing this show and I'm hoping that you are enjoying listening. And if you do, I hope that you will subscribe through your favorite podcast platform, or continue to visit Swoonworthy HEA where you can listen to the show online as well. If through your podcast platform, you can leave a review, that would be awesome. I would totally love that, especially if it were complimentary. So until next time, this is Jenna Hart with SwoonworthyHEA.com and of the Illicit Liaison Podcast, wishing you peace, love, and happily ever after.